Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. I think we've just about climbed down from the roof from Saturday. Uh, never has a Monday evening felt so good, Tom. Uh, the Monday after an East Midlands derby win, there, there is absolutely no better feeling. And what a Saturday it was. We had pyros, we had fake fivers, we had handbags. It was uh, it was exciting going into it. We were giving it the big one, talking about the pod last week. Everyone was excited in the pub afterwards, and it certainly lived up to it. Tom, how did Saturday rank for you in terms of previous East Midlands derbies? It had the lot, didn't it? Yeah, it was good. I mean, with all the fake fires, I thought I was in a... You even really better... haven't, mate. I'm surprised, oh, I thought... I'm surprised you try and get in the Bridgeford. I thought it was a better version of the Crystal Maze. I thought I'm quids in, you know, at the footy. Um, but yeah, no, it was up there when it was a great occasion, and uh, you know, um, yeah, I think uh, the nerves, the nerves were were jangling, weren't they, before the match? Um, but um, you know, I thought, yeah, I think we thought it was going to be feisty and a little bit tasty, and it, it certainly ended up that way. Yeah, look, we say it's a good Monday. We're happy. We, I must have watched the highlights back. I even watched the game back yesterday. I watched the second half back last night. We were talking before we came on, weren't we? We are feeling still slightly jaded. Uh, it was a long old a long old Saturday morning when my alarm went at uh, quarter to five on Saturday morning to get up to Nottingham, but there was only one place to be. But I tell you, Tom, I'm going to sleep well tonight. I'll catch up on the sleep from the weekend. Um, we've got loads to talk about. There's obviously uh, all the action from the weekend and we've got two games coming up this week. But obviously, there is only one place to start and that is Forest Derby. There was plenty to talk about on the pitch. Obviously, really good game. Um, there was a lot to talk about off the pitch, wasn't there, in the build-up to this one. The whole, I think the whole build-up pretty much was was geared towards what's happening off the pitch in terms of the, the disarray that uh, the Sheep find themselves in. That was pretty much clouding the narrative um, pre-match. Um, potentially, you know, the last time we played them for a number of years, obviously people talking about the last time we, we potentially ever play them, which I, I can't see that playing out. And obviously, um, we debated the merits of that on, on on Saturday. But it's always crucial. You just touched on it there, Tom, didn't you? This one, it, it just felt bigger. I, I said to you, didn't I, in the, in the build-up and the in, in the pub before the game, it was, um, you know, Forest Derby games are crucial. They're always big games. They're, they're the two games you really look forward to on the fixes. You look forward to them because you look forward to the day. When you actually get to the day, it's never one of those games that you really enjoy, is it? You say the nerves, the emotion that goes into it. But I don't know, Saturday, Saturday just felt bigger. It felt bigger for, for everything that we just said there in terms of the just the, the the you know the PR that was going into the game, you know, all the talk around Derby. It 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 just mattered. I don't know why for me it just felt like it mattered more than more than most this Forest Derby game. Yeah, I think a lot of people have said, haven't they? Like, uh, you know, there was probably a period of time within modern modern uh, kind of Forest Derby games where you're talking probably the Billy Davies, Nigel Clough ones, which were always feisty and intense because of, well, because Billy likes to kick Nigel Clough in the back of the legs, but but also the likes of Earnshaw and Commons and Savage and, you know, what's not, you know, different players who have played for, for the opposition um, as well as the current club. 
And then I think, you know, Forest Derby game is still big, still, you know, still been entertaining. And But, you know, probably over a, you know, a few years recently, there's been other factors at play and maybe, you know, um, maybe have come down a bit slightly from that, you know, they weren't going to last like that, you know, forever. But but this one, yeah, had a, had a different edge to it, didn't it? It's, um, I think everything with them and all the banter off the pitch between the two different sets of fans and, you know, is this the last one? Is it not? Or is it the last one for a while? It just had all the makings of a, of a, of a classic. And um, it was just hoping that the game itself uh, met the level of excitement off the pitch. You know, hopefully it's, um, it kind of met, met that same level of quality on the pitch as well. Yeah. The nerves were there. The nerves were there in the build-up right up until kickoff. Um the Forza boys stole the show again. There was a lot of talk in the build-up about Derby not being, you know, having a little whip round, little fundraiser and, you know, buying a flag with that fundraiser. You, you think they might want to reinvest it into the club, given the financial stable. They decided to do a fundraiser and buy a flag, which is their choice. Um, I think we won the battle of the flags, didn't we? A, they bought a flag that they weren't allowed to bring into the ground. Um, not the best investment. But the Forza boys took it up to a new level. They just... It set the scene perfect. The, the, the stage was already set. It was a lovely day Saturday as well, wasn't it? Um, but the, you know those Forza displays and the effort that goes into them, um, it just it really does set the scene. And a lot of people who I've spoken to in the last couple of days since the game on Saturday who aren't Forest fans and um, weren't at the City Ground on, on Saturday to obviously see the game live, but all commenting in terms of how how amazing the atmosphere looks, the ground looks. All the build-up in terms of, um, you know, when the when the flags and the banner and the display came out and Mullock Tyre. I mean, it was just for that for that five minutes before kickoff. It was just an amazing atmosphere, wasn't it? And you know, full house, Mullock Tyre, probably as, as loud as it ever has been, Tommy. It, it certainly felt, you know, it, it felt big, and, and you just, you know, there's something special building. I said on Twitter, I used our Twitter account yesterday it's a special place when the city ground's rocking and the fans are behind and look it's forest derby the fans are always going to be you know going to get behind the team but it does feel like we said it last week didn't we in terms of the connection there is something special building i think at this football club at the minute and i mean i think that moment for me really uh embodied that yeah i think um obviously the attendance was cracking and the attendance has been good all, all season don't get me wrong but obviously the 29000 that were there and alongside the the Forza display the, you know the fans getting involved with it as well with the scarves all around it and not just in the in the Trent end as well the Brian Clough up you know the Bridgefords main stand Peter Taylor's stand um you know all everyone getting involved the Mullerkintyre when it happened felt stronger louder than it that it usually does um and i think alongside having having the the kind of intensity of the game and and all that expectation around it and the excitement around it the nerves around it the the kind of bite around that match that moment epitomized um what we were expecting all pre-match and what we wanted to come within the game as well. So, yeah, it was a great display. The, the display was great. I thought um, the amount of detail that's gone into it as well, um, the videos that the guys have released in terms of um, the individual player details that, that go into it. Obviously, you might not notice it 
that straight away because obviously it's a huge display and uh, some of those little nice details are maybe on a on a smaller side in terms of depending where you're sat and and where you're seeing the seeing the display but you know the amount of work that's gone into it it was uh, it was brilliant and um it's those kind of little moments there's been ones that have happened before you know the home you know sit ground being our home display is always one that comes into mind for me um and they carry on and um they're brilliant moments and i think it does separate kind of forest atmospheres from from other clubs so that how many other clubs do you have you know seeing seeing those kind of displays especially in the modern day game anyway um, where there's so much around health and safety and what's not, um, I just thought, yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant and it kind of teed up the what we were hoping to see for the rest of the ninety minutes. Yeah, it's amazing. Look, the the, the, the level of detail, say on the especially on the trees in the lower trend centre, a, a tree representing each squad spelling out Nottingham Forest and magic. It was um, absolutely brilliant. You got to take your your hats off to the to the level of the organisation that goes into doing that. Um, absolutely amazing, but it just, as I say, it really set the scene, and you know, it, it was it, it made for a, a really good atmosphere and for a really good afternoon. Let's talk about the game itself. We thought it'd be a good game, didn't we? For all the niggle, all the feisty, and, the, and you know, it, it could be sometimes a little bit petty on the pitch. Forest Derby, we fancied this one to be a good game. We know the position that Derby find themselves in in the league table. Minus twenty-one points from obviously EFL sanctions. If you if you obviously you know put those points back on where they the points that they've so far amassed, they wouldn't be too they wouldn't have been too far behind Forest um, on Saturday at kickoff. I mean that we we did say we have to yeah we don't like doing it, but we have to you know, do have to give Derby and and, um, and Wayne Rooney some credit. They, they've obviously had you know he's galvanised them and. He, you know, he, he's done a relatively good job with his with his you know, resources at his disposal. They have to win. There's no, you know, Derby still need points. They have got a minus twenty one sanction. Um, they've got to win games just to try and still bridge what is quite a large gap back to to, to fourth from bottom. Forest, we know the run that that, that that you know we want to build and that we need to build, and the momentum that that, that is now. You know, after that small dip over Christmas, the momentum that, that Forest will want to be building throughout the remainder of January and into February, you know, you can sense, as I've just said there, you can sense something special. <clears throat> Three points against your local rivals is, is a great timely boost, isn't it, as well? And, that, and it, we knew that both sides wouldn't wouldn't rest. It wasn't going to be a cagey affair. We hope it wouldn't be a cagey affair. Both sides would want to win. Oh, 100%. And um, yeah, like we say, it's not just the rivalry side of it that that were, was important for this match. It was, as you say, for Forest, it was an opportunity. They've had a good start to 2022. They're looking to try and break into that top six. This was a game against, albeit Derby, no one would like to say it, one of the informed teams in the league. So it was not just an opportunity to beat your rivals and to get some carry on that momentum and to carry on what will hopefully be a good run of form going into February and trying to uh, break into that top six, but also making a statement that actually, yeah, we are the, you know, one of the informed teams that can beat anyone on their day as well, um, especially one of the other informed teams. And as you say, coming up against someone who, again, not just a, a rival, but someone who, 
also that the three points were so important for, and they will have felt confident about getting three points as well as Forest. It was it was a big one, and as you say, they go into what will hopefully be a couple of games after this one where they can hopefully pick up maximum points. But you never know in, in, in this league, and then head into a very interesting February where I think you know Forest can get more points than maybe people would predict on the surface of it. Will leave them in a in a very good place. Steve Cooper springing some surprises on this one. Obviously, Worrell missing out was a blow. <clears throat> Rumour in the week, wasn't it, the build-up that he, he was injured, that he'd done his ribs during the um, the Millwall game. Steve Cooper tried his best to to quash those rumours in his pre-match press conference, but I'm not really too sure anyone was convinced by that. And obviously, he missed out, wasn't on the team sheet. So, Yates, he preferred to, to Figueredo at, at, um, at centre-half, and I suppose that was a surprise at the time. But obviously, we can come on to what that allowed Steve Cooper to do during the match. But Warren missing out, Yates in, bit of a blow, obviously, given the, the opposition and the type of game as well. Joe, Joe Warrell lives for those Forest Derby games and obviously he's been a pivotal figure um, for good and bad reasons in recent fixtures. Um, I suppose the other big surprise as well, huge bonus in, in seeing Max Lowe fit and starting on the left-hand side. Did cause some debate in the pub though, Tom, didn't it, pre-match? And to be honest, when we were talking about how we'd have potentially played it in terms of um, opting for safety first or, you know, bringing Max Lowe in, who, who's not had many training sessions. Steve Cooper's come out afterwards and said he'd only had a couple of training sessions with the boys. Um, he'd, he, you know, he, he'd been out of out of action for, for quite some time. He was a huge risk. Big bonus, but huge risk. Yeah, it was a surprise, I think, obviously. Yeah, like you say, the two headlines were Yates at centre-back and Max Lowe back into the team. Yates... At centre back, I mean, obviously there were the rumours in the middle of the week about Worrell. Um, he's he's dropped him back in there before Yates, and he gives Forrest that flexibility, I suppose, to kind of shift him about if you need to. And with Max Lowe, I have to be quite honest when I when I heard the news, as much as I rate Max Lowe and like him, and and you know think he's he's a very important player for Forrest, and it's really good to have him back. I thought this one might be a bit of a push too far for his first game back for multiple reasons for, for the atmosphere that was going to be around the game and whether he'd have the, you know, front foot forward in, in that respect in terms of being quite, quite ready for, for a game like that. You also have to remember it's, it's a club that he, he used to play for. So um, he had a, personal you know uh intense feeling for him i'm sure in terms of playing playing against derby as well um so at that time um i thought that was uh, the wrong decision but hmm. i'll come on to it and, and uh, i didn't think it was by the end so nah. yeah it, it was an interesting one um obviously callback <laughs> being able to go in central midfield was so important as well for, for forest maybe that's that was the the keenness in, in terms of that decision as well yeah, look, the, the the start of the game didn't necessarily match the atmosphere. Forest, Forest very slow out of the out of the blocks. Derby again, not not overly imposing themselves on the game, but had the best chance of the the opening uh, exchanges, didn't they? Tom Lawrence one two gets the ball back, probably what eight nine ten yards out. You think he's nailed on to score, and he slots it wide of the post. And big let off for Forest that Tom, wasn't it? If that goes in, you think might change the complexity of the afternoon. We wouldn't you wouldn't write this Forest side off though and say that completely changes the afternoon. But obviously it would have been a difficult start for Forrest. And, you know, I suppose you would have expected Tom Lawrence to put that in. I mean, I enjoyed celebrating that miss 
uh, almost as, as much as some Forest goals this season. Um, but big, big let off that, wasn't it? And, and really a, a bit of a wake-up call for Forest at that stage of the game. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive wake-up call. I think um, nine times out of ten, you'd expect him to put that in the back of the net, wouldn't you? And um, I think um, it was good, you know, Again, don't like to compliment them, but um, it was good work-up play, to be fair, right through the middle, passed a few times, uh, one-two between a couple of their players. It was an opportunity that, yeah, you would have expected them to put away. And I think we, we spoke about it before the match, didn't we? We thought the, the first goal and getting an early goal in this one might have been quite important. Not saying if they score it, it changes the game, like you said then, but um, I think you know it, it could have had a, an effect on the game. Um, and probably would have tested Forrest's uh, nerves a little bit if it had gone in and probably tested their nerves, even though it hadn't gone in anyway. But you have to say after that, they, they didn't really do anything else. I think the, the rest of the first half had the same vibe about it, to be quite honest there. There wasn't much else that, that happened between between either no. side. We spoke about kind of, and I'm sure you're probably going to come on to it, but we spoke about the atmosphere before the game and Mullikintyre and that amazing display. And the first half kind of um, broke that down a little bit, I thought, and I thought the referee probably played a little part in that as well. I think in, in some of these games, you have to have someone who's willing to let let those decisions, well, let a couple of, of the decisions go and, you know, let the, let the game flow. And uh, I just didn't feel like that first half had that. No, it was scrappy, wasn't it? I mean, we said it when we were watching the games together, Saturday. It, it was the referee didn't really have have control. He he wasn't willing to let play go. He, he wanted it was very very stop start. So neither team could really get their foot on the ball and start to build anything. But obviously, after that moment, we talked about you know, I mean, that was really Derby's only real lively moment in, in the first half. That obviously early exchange and obviously that early chance sparked. Cooper into making a tactical change. Um, I mean, there's two things in that. Firstly, I mean, how refreshing is it to have a manager of Steve like Steve Cooper who can spot that things aren't working and isn't afraid to to make the change. And obviously, he did have a huge impact on the on the rest of the game. But also, obviously, you know, he, he talked after the the game in his post match in terms of you know the reason why he put played Yates, I suppose, in that back three is that he knew that there was the opportunity to flex it up if it wasn't working and having Yatesy in there allowed them to go to a four at the back and pop Yates back in the centre of midfield and push Jimmy Garner up into the 10 roll a little bit further forward and it just meant that Forrest could change it almost on, well they did change it on the spot without having to make a substitute or anything like that so 15, 20 minutes into the game Steve Cooper spotted it and he's changed it and that really for me changed the, 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 the rest of the first half, Forrest definitely got into it I wouldn't say they obviously peppered the keeper. Um, also, it's not had too much to do. It's been the long ranger by Yates himself, actually, who got you know, forced a good save low down for a, for a corner. But And there's obviously the Keenan Davis chance at the end, and we'll talk about that in a minute in terms of whether we think the keeper got away with that. But it was just better, wasn't it? Forrest were able to start establishing that they got a bit of a foothold in the game. Um, and whilst they weren't great, and obviously Forrest could definitely play better, I think that first half had a bit of a, a normal derby feeling, if you like. There wasn't the, the flying tackles, arguably grabbing a little cheeky flying tackle in there, but it wasn't the tackles going in the touch, but it was disjointed. Both teams didn't really want to give an inch, and the referee didn't let it play. It, uh, I suppose it was a disappointing first half in terms of the build-up that we gave it pre-match. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, you, you're spot on in terms of being able to to have a manager that will make that change straight away. Definitely helps Forrest in, in in the whole entire game. To be quite honest, because if he doesn't make that change, then Forrest become complete bystanders in the first half. Yeah, uh, probably the first 20, 25 minutes, it, it wasn't the first half that Forrest would have wanted. Probably the remainder of the first half wasn't quite up to to what we were were hoping but it definitely improved once the change had been made Steve Cooper said he he, he made the change because he predicted um, and his staff had predicted that that they thought Derby might press Forrest a bit more in, in that first half and you know make it more difficult for them to come out so having three at the back and then hitting them on the break kind of how we've seen them do for quite a lot of the season would be the best way to go what they found is they probably had a bit more space and as a result of having the back three maybe struggled to find space because um, there weren't enough options in midfield so having that extra body in midfield helped and then having Yates in there it just meant Forrest, Forrest took, took charge of, of the midfield battle and, and that's where Forrest won the game really it was having players like Colback and Yates who were able to to manage that situation with Garner and, and the attacking players in front was able to help. But yeah, the first half, I mean, yeah, probably didn't quite have the um, the urge and the drive about it um, like we were maybe expecting. But then again, the second half didn't disappoint for that. No. Before we go into that, two talking points towards the, or in the first half involving goalkeepers. Um, first of all, also up in the Derby goal, looking to get away with one with a, a challenge on Keenan Davis just before half time, or not much in that for you? It's not a lot in it for me. I think I mean on the day, don't get me wrong, I was shouting for it and I would have taken it all day long. But and and you know, given the feeling around it, I think probably at the time I probably thought it was. But when you look at it back, um I think it's it's it would be harsh harsh to give to be honest I think um, I think yeah although it's tight I think um, the goalkeeper has has a right to go for that and I think it's two bodies just getting getting in each other's way really in the end I think um, there's not a lot not not a lot to shout there for me and Bree Samba copping one right above his eye just literally before half time Tom Lawrence looked like he'd he might have just left his knee in a touch um, but Bryce Samba obviously gets there Gets a nasty bump right right above his eye, and obviously second half has to play with uh, with a bandage. But obviously we saw the pictures at half time in terms of how bad that bump was. I mean, look, we'll we'll, we'll talk about Sambo a lot in the second half because uh, he was an instrumental character. And I wouldn't say he had much to do, but he was definitely a character. But I mean, brave from the brave from the keeper, um, and look again, just shows the mentality of the players. Everyone wants to stay on the pitch. I mean, he did well to to stay on the pitch and play that second half in reality, Tom, didn't he? Well, I actually think that moment actually probably um, kickstarts the the atmosphere as well as probably what happened straight after half time as well. But that that kickstarts probably a bit of the the, the tastiness or the you know maybe the distastefulness in, in some way of, of what happens in the second half. I think that moment from then on that's when things starts to get a little bit more heated, a little bit more spicy. Um, I think Tom Lawrence definitely left a bit more than just a little bit of a knee in there and I think being nice but yeah mm, yeah I think he I think he might have had a touch knew what he what he was doing there but yeah I, I think that that moment then leads on to 
probably uh, what helps Forrest in that second half in some respects. If, if anything, Bryce Amber's taken one for the team, so fair play to him. Not the first time Tom Lawrence has crashed into it, but uh, yeah, Ooh. I think you probably. Uh, yeah, he's got. Well, he's got one. <laughs> one in there, so I let him off. I let him off the earlier chance and not getting one in, but definitely that one. I wasn't missing a golden opportunity. Uh, let's talk about the start of the second half. Um, Forest could have got off to any better start today. Two, three minutes after half time, free kick lobbed in. A um, little bit of a ricochet comes to grabbing the man you would want seven, eight yards out from goal. I mean, great. I mean, unbelievable reaction in reality. Not bad for a, a 34 year old, is it? Eight on. But uh, great, great reaction for him to, to just poke his leg out just to stop it. Great first touch and rifled it. Well, actually, we're not doing that any justice, really, because actually to take the pace off of the ball when that ball's ricocheted to him, to take the pace off it, then the composure to calmly slot it past the goalkeeper. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable celebrations as well in that Trent end. Um, I, I mean, I'll, 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 I'm not afraid to me. I absolutely lost it. Um, and that's probably why my voice is really still ha- really bad actually today. Um, I had a day of calls, and then obviously recording the pod on the Monday night, forty-eight hours after Derby, and I've still not got a voice. Pretty much sums up the afternoon. Um, yeah, I'd be brilliant one at a time. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I was just pleased that I got back in time after having a piss yeah, in the train tent. You, you, you literally just made it as uh, Jimmy Garner's about to whip his free kicking. It was fate. It was fate. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the finish is is probably yeah. It's not not too difficult. Um, but but I mean, it's the control that he's got to do. Get it down. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's harder it's, than it looks at when you. I mean, trust me, we've, we've all watched that goal back so many times, haven't we? Maybe not as much as the second goal. But well, I think the, the important thing for this goal, we speak about the you know Derby missing that Tom Lawrence chance in the yeah. in the first half. Um, but you know, if they score that, we don't know what the game's going to be like. Forest take their opportunity in the. In the in the second early doors, and I think that that leads on to what ends up being a, a very strong dominant performance in the second half by Forest. Well, it, it was it, from that moment onwards. It, it was it was one way traffic. Forest was really building momentum. The atmosphere. Obviously, we talked about the atmosphere in the Trenton. Just going back to that quickly. On, I just thought it was brilliant that with the whole place just erupted when that goal went in, but the celebrations just carried on for. For five ten minutes afterwards, obviously, say we had the pyro, pyro on the pitch, um, just a, a haze of red pink smoke across the uh, across the city ground. But what was amazing was was three three sides of the gra- ground closest to the away end. So Lower Bridgeford, Upper Bridgeford, you know, the the, the Brian Clough next to the Derby fans and the A block and the B block, just giving it to Derby, just nowhere were they in terms of the the going up, going down. It was just, it was, it was brilliant that that five ten minutes after the goal, and I think it, it, it did change the dynamic. Obviously, getting the goal obviously helps, the scoreline helps, but the atmosphere in the ground and and, and Forest, you know, they, they 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 took hold of the game. Um, the midfield, which we you know we said struggled with the opening exchanges, took over the game. I thought Colback Yates was brilliant. Garner was probably one of the best performances he's put in this season in a in a Forest shirt. And Grabham was on fire and cheekily tried a, a little 35, 40 yarder, didn't he? Trying to catch the keeper off the line. But that, that's the move that Forrest are in second half. And 
whilst they didn't pepper the goalkeeper, it was it was it was one way traffic in in terms of um, Forrest being positive, playing the ball forward, and going in search of that second goal. There was no resting on the laurels, was was there? No, they could smell blood. You know, it, it was quite clear from that moment onwards that that the game was there for the take in the first half. You know, when when Forrest weren't really at it. Um, Derby didn't really do much apart from that one chance that we keep banging on about um, and, and Forrest knew that if they could up their game and, and, and let's not forget this is the same Forrest size that quite often this season have come out far stronger in the second half than they have been in, in the first yeah. half yeah. it's quite you know regardless of whether you see that as a positive or a negative you know you always know that the second half they will come out stronger than, than the first even though obviously you know, if you were nervous before the game, it being nil-nil and probably the best chance coming to Derby in the first half, um, you know, would have made you slightly more nervous. You always still have the back in your head, really, that, that this is a forest size that you now can play so much better once someone's done whatever they've done at half-time. Steve Cooper's made a great speech or, or whatever happens in that dressing room. Um, they'll come out better. And Forrest, yeah, we're, we're in the mood for it. You know, they saw opportunities. They knew they could hit them with their pace. We spoke about before, the, before you know, our opinions on the on the team sheet and Max Lowe coming back for Forrest. They had Lee Buchanan who, who came back, you know, um, and it was his first game back in the first team. He had played for the youth team, I believe, uh, last week. But, you know, there was they could see the opportunities and they knew that they were there for the taking and, and Forrest were definitely up for it after that. Well, Buchanan will be on the old sniffing salts afterwards because he was turned inside out, wasn't he? I mean, it was really an uncomfortable afternoon for him, let's say, say the least. Obviously, again, a lot of speculation around Lee Buchanan and, and, and Forrest before the game, which obviously has probably not helped him. He, he's come back in, shoved in at left-back and um, he's got to deal with Brendan Johnson and uh, Jed Spence. Not not a fun afternoon for the youngster. Um, we're not going to touch on transfers. We've got too much to talk about. But um, I did look, have a, have a cheeky look at how Derby fans were rating Lee Buchanan after Saturday. I don't know whether it's the Forest link did him no favours of that, but he was scoring a free four out of ten for his afternoon. And that pretty much summed up how Forest, how rampant Forest were down that right-hand side. And I mean, look, how good Brennan Johnson was. And I mean, let's talk about the second goal. Um, you know, Unbelievable work from from Brennan Johnson picking up the ball in his own half before spraying a, a you know a thirty forty yard pass out to to Zinkanog. I mean Zinkanog, I thought was was really really good when he come on and, and does what he does, um, driving forward, just the composure to to wait and pick out the pass. But more importantly, Brennan Johnson's run. He didn't you know Sky, I know Sky were talking about this on commentary on Saturday after watching it back last night and they were admiring his run as well but he plays the ball Brennan Johnson so it was a long forward ball lovely ball um, but he, he didn't just stand and watch it he just he follows it and he sprints into the box and the time of his run and the composure and the pass from Zinconagel and then for him to come in and slot it in the bottom corner I thought that was a, that was a brilliant brilliant goal and just showed how good Forrest are on the break and hitting teams with 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 pace and power and precision, um, it's it's been a while since we've been able to use those words to talk about for, a forest attack, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably the kind of goal that typifies how how Forest have tried to break teams down the most this this season, especially under Steve Cooper. 
Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, it's a brilliant ball by, by Brennan Johnson and, and the run as well. I think Zinconagel, I mean, he's just come on. Um, and how many times would you see in, in the championship or any league below the Premier League uh, a player messing up that pass? It might look like a, a simple ball in, um, but there's a lot of bodies in that box still. Um and it could quite easily, especially in this division, you know, go for the wrong pass or you see people, you know, trying to actually cross it in rather than drill it in. Um, obviously, it might seem like the obvious choice for when you're watching it on the TV and what's not. But I think the precision of that pass is 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 really good. Um, and then obviously it's a brilliant finish by by Brennan Johnson. And um, I mean, his celebrations and, and, you know, obviously that came just after the 80, 80th minute. Um you know, it was it was a brilliant goal that typified, and I, I think Forrest deserved it. I think Forrest deserved it, and after that, obviously, the atmosphere was was another level. Well, I think I enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed the second one a lot more. I might have uh, I might have given you a kiss on your forehead a few too many times, but uh, yeah, that, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? It was just just people just absolutely losing it and going bonkers. But we haven't experienced. Obviously, we've, we've been out of we've we've been out of the grounds for, for quite some time, but. We talk about the reaction to the goals against Leeds at home. Um, I'd even say that, you know, the second Leeds goal versus the second goal against Derby, there's no comparison. It was just the atmosphere, the the, the, the celebrations, the, the the couple of minutes that, that followed that as well in terms of back on the pitch, Forrest were, were dominant. And, and you could only see Forrest just, just cruising in and just seeing that game out. And say there was... Jimmy Garner was still doing his Cruyff turns on the edge of the box. So Forrest were winning fouls. It just looked like it was going to be an easy six or seven minutes until the end. And never that easy with Forrest, Tom, is it? No, no. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. Obviously, you know, um, you're kind of thinking, oh, they've got this game, game sussed out now. Easy done. Um, but yeah, it's... it's um, you know, there's there's no other way to put it. I think Steve Cook has done done very well since he's joined Forest. He's a very experienced defender, um, but but it was a poor poor decision to to make that challenge, especially where it was really in the in the box. I don't think I think it was on Tom Lawrence, right? I don't, I don't yeah, think he's it going. Was Tom Lawrence. He didn't really need to make it. I mean, look, Tom Lawrence is quite a, a tricky player. He's got quite a bit of pace, but from where it was in the box, it wasn't as if he was skinning him and he was going to be straight through on goal it was just stay on your feet and try and usher it out or you know as a you know give a corner away but it felt like a tired challenge I think as you say I think Steve Cook's been brilliant in the, in the three games and I think for the vast majority on Saturday he was brilliant he just had one lapse there and obviously that can happen when you play at the back but yeah it, it felt like maybe it was a tired challenge you know it was a it was an intense game in terms of um you know, before and after. Yeah, and you also have to, you have to remember in, in all the other games he's played, he's played in the middle of a of a three. Yeah, and in this one, I know they worked on it during the during the week, and I know he he would have played it in a back well centre back two before, but you know he's he's gone from being in the middle of a three and maybe being able to sit there whilst Worrell and, and McKenna are doing kind of coming out and doing more of the movement and him being a pivot. To him actually being part of a two, so that and it probably might have also played a little part in things. Um, but frustrating, you know, regardless because 
because you've just felt like Forest could just easily, you know, manage that game out. Um, but obviously, Derby had different ideas. Yeah, penalty, 2-1, right back in it. The nerves are kicking in there, aren't they? They really are. Um, you, 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 you don't feel for Forest now because obviously Forest are, are made of stronger stuff. But yeah, they were they the you, you go from the 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 you know the euphoria obviously after the second goal just to be being brought back down to earth. Archie Bargy in the goal obviously after the penalty. What Samba's got whack got Lawrence around the face and burning a headlock. He was uh, he was well up for it. One time Samba he was proper in his uh, in in full shit out uh, mode wasn't he on Saturday afternoon yeah yeah I mean it was um, it was textbook uh, Bryce Samber I suppose weren't it he was definitely up for it um, and like you say I think uh, as soon as Derby scored that goal everyone although although you you think that the way that Forest were going before they should still see it out you just know that given what's happened in these games before they could quite easily have been a, a, an equaliser if, if Forrest didn't manage it or if Forrest kind of had a little bit of a collapse, an undeserved collapse, but a, a collapse albeit. But yeah, Bryce Amber tried to try to make sure that it wasn't just as easy for them to go up the pitch and walk up. I think him, you know, doing that, regardless of what, what anyone thinks, obviously that then adds a bit more to the... Uh, to the to the spice of it again, it's Tom Lawrence and Bryce Amber coming together. So think about him being kicked in the head at the end of the first half. It's those two colliding again, um, and again, obviously adds to adds to the spiciness for the remainder of the minutes that were left of that game. Well, if Tom Lawrence had smashed it against the post, then there would have been all sorts of scenes. But he's not; he's put it in, and uh, the nerves were jangling. Then the nerves were jangling when the six-minute board went up, weren't they? And and with there was a fair bit of amazement and, and astonishment in the forest end in terms of when the six minutes went up. But I suppose you talk about some of the stuff that's happened in the game, obviously the, the aftermath after the Derby goal, the pyros after the forest goals. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, maybe not six. I could probably understand five, but there wasn't too much in it. That was where the nerves were kicking in. It was a long period of, of injury time for forest to see out. But look, in, in truth, I thought forest were brilliant. In that six minutes, I thought the game management, in terms of slow, I mean, slowly, I mean, Bryce Amber couldn't have slowed it down anymore if he'd have tried. Um, time may as well have stopped or gone in reverse um, the way that he slowed it down. But that's but but that's what you want. You don't like it, by the way, if you're an opposition fan. But as a team in that position, trying to see out a game of football again, it's smart, isn't it? It's cynical, but it's smart. And we've seen teams do it against us time after time after time. But I thought the way that Forrest was slowing the ball down, Rooney's complained about it afterwards, which is great as well. But Forrest slowing the ball down, winning free kicks, um, challenges coming in, little just shoves in the back. Forrest, uh, Forrest plays a smart. Colback was brilliant. Um, just waiting for the faintest of nudge in the back. He goes down, free kick, slows it down again, turns it over. Colback again, winding up Sibley. Um, there were those little moments, weren't there, where they were getting in their heads, getting in their ears. And ultimately, that leads to what was an unbelievably rash challenge by uh, Ravel Morrison towards the end of the match, meaning Derby are down to 10. And again, completely kills momentum, doesn't it, Tom? Just in that spell of the game, Forrest knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, it was some of the best game management I've seen in for quite quite some time. And um, yeah, you, 
could quite easily after they score, you know, the momentum then goes with Derby. Um, you know, they could have some chances, score. What what ends up happening is you see, yeah, like you say, Bryce Amber slows it down, as he always does, Colback winning fouls. Um, just little things like I've seen Jack Colback constantly getting into, you know, Sibley's ear. Or, or whoever else it might be in midfield, and all of them got involved in that. And um, yeah, Ra- Ravel Morrison then gets sent off, and Ravel Morrison does what Ravel Morrison does, and he's probably one of the most unreliable footballers in the country. Um, gets sent off, um, and and then you think, yeah, that's it. That that's the momentum crushed. That's that's game over. Really, you just couldn't see a way back for Derby after that. And obviously, I mean, on top of that. The spiciness, as I keep on talking about, adds you know another level. Um, so, I think um, look, people can say what they want about the way that Forest uh, did what they did in in those final few minutes, but every other team does it. Uh, and to be fair, I've seen Derby fans saying, "Look, if the shoe was on the other foot." They do exactly would, the same as part of the they'd game. They'd want to it? do the same. Yeah, they'd want to do the same. I mean, it's a it's a Derby game. People have been getting kicks left, right, and centre. Players winding each other up. Um, you're just going to carry that on. Forest were doing it in a, in a footballing manner, um, you know. So it, it is what it is. Forest wanted the three points, and they were willing to do it, and they were willing to do it that way. And the full time whistle, the, the noise at the full time whistle. The, 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 I'm about to say relief. That's the wrong word. But do you know what I mean? To get over the line, it was a huge three points for Forest. And again, it kicks off on the pitch. How many times have we seen? melees and scrambles happen at the end of these matches and Cafu's compiling straight in on Sibley and it just made for it again didn't it I mean look we don't necessarily condone it but you do want to see this passion and uh, and, and the players with all the players that were both sides I think were up for it and obviously Derby the Derby players were, were, were wound up as we've just talked about and the Forest players couldn't wait to to, to Make their feelings be known as well, and it just it just it, it, it adds to it. I think the first half was the first half we talked about. It was a cagey affair. Neither side got going. The second half had, had everything that we thought this game would bring, and uh, yeah, the scenes at the full time whistle and, and and thumbs up, massive thumbs up to whoever the club decide to play uh, Depeche Mode at the end because that song has been in my head all weekend, and uh, I think that could be a new a new favourite now and. Uh, and the boys loved it there. I mean, Yates, he was doing his own lap of honour. He, he couldn't wait to get in front of the Derby fans and uh, give it some to the to the supposedly the the upper Bridgeford. But I think he might have been angling his uh, his pleasure towards the the lower Bridgeford and the uh, the white half of the lower Bridgeford. But yeah, just just unbelievable. Forest fully deserved all three points. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Tom. Yeah, Forrest deserved it. I think you know, first half, it was it was pretty level, and it was uh, yeah, probably quieter first half than we might have expected. But the second half came alive. Forrest came alive, and Derby didn't so much. Um, Forrest had the chances. Derby didn't up until that penalty. Um, and and yeah, I think the game just came alive, both from a footballing perspective and a non-footballing perspective. And I think seeing the the scenes at the end, I mean, I've not seen that many Forest fans stay after the final whistle for that long um, after the final whistle uh, for, for a long time. Um, I know obviously we've not had fans in uh, before this season for, for a little bit, but I've not seen fans stay that long and that jubilantly as well for, for a very long time. Um, so that was great to see. Um, and I think, you know, Steve Cooper doing his, his free fist bumps 
to to the Trent end and then over to to the A block as well. I think you know it was a, it was a good good day, cracking day. And grab and dropping the trophy. We just have to grab and drop. Yeah, didn't win the trophy. I mean, let's be honest. We, we all feared that being cash converters on Sunday morning if they'd uh, if they'd have won it, but. Grab him, grab him, Forrest win it, grab him, gets it, and he drops it. So, never mind, at least he wasn't the keeper. But um, absolutely brilliant. They also look to be counted. There's so many good performances from Forrest on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, James Garner got the uh, the man of the match in the ground. Brady Johnson got man of the match on Sky. He just showed you how many good performances there were. But Colback was outstanding. Yates was, Yates was superb. Max Lowe coming back after injury and putting in the performance and lasting the... The whole distance as he did um, was phenomenal. Look, Graven, we've talked about his goals. And I could talk about Scott McKenna and, and Bryce Amber all night. You know that. But so many good players, so many good performances. It was just a brilliant, brilliant team performance. And uh, yeah, I mean, just just a brilliant result. Another breeds confidence. And um, they'll be looking forward to getting back on the park. And they haven't got long to wait for that, Tom. They haven't got long to wait. Um, um. Any more to add on Derby or should we move on? No, I just think you know um, the the decision for for James Garner um, in terms of the the sponsor's choice. I think it was. I think he would have probably been my man of the match. But I think a few, you know, Max Lowe for for being able to come back. I said I wouldn't have I wouldn't have played him. Max says it wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't have made that decision myself. And I think it was a ballsy one. Um, but it, it was certainly the right one. He didn't look out of place at all. Um, Colback was was outstanding as well. So yeah, so many good performers. Um, but yeah, all round great, great team performance. And the Twitter feed can continue. The the the, the, the days since Derby beat Forest can continue, and hopefully, Forest won't face Derby for quite some time. Um, if Derby's fate is to be as we predict, so we can enjoy this one for many years to come. Hopefully, Tom. Um, right, let's move on to Barnsley. Barnes at the City Ground. There's no no rest for the wicked. Forest have got straight back into action tomorrow night. Um, Barnes at home. Forest got to play the same intensity. Tom, that the 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 only worry with this one is is potential banana skin. I'm sure Steve Cooper won't allow Steve Cooper won't allow them to to relax and and um, and get carried away after Saturday. But after such a big game and obviously the atmosphere the way it was to then play another home game straight after. Forest have got to be got to be on it because obviously Barnsley are, are, are struggling at the minute. Um, you know, joint bottom of the league with with Derby, but um, struggling with COVID and injuries. They've got 13 first team players trained today, apparently, ahead of the game. Obviously, Barnsley wanted the game called off. The EFL have, have said no. There's some big doubts over some of their key players. Callum Styles is, is, is struggling. Um, it's a big opportunity for Forest to build on the results that they've had. Uh, away at Millwall, home to Derby, Forest will be looking at this as a real opportunity for three points. But I think it's more about how Forest approach the game and making sure they're in the right frame of mind and that they're good to go. They go at it, obviously, from, from the off. Yeah, I think the one thing Forest won't want to happen is for something similar to, you know, you, you mentioned it there in terms of comparisons, atmosphere, leads at home under, under mm. Sabri. What they won't want to happen is the same aftermath as, as what happened. I'm more confident this time around that it won't, but obviously there's always that potential. Anyone could beat anyone in this division. Um, it doesn't matter where they are. Yeah, the circumstances for Barnsley look pretty dire going into this one for them, but it doesn't mean you can write them off completely. And, and Forrest, after putting a really good performance, is still 
you know, a Barnsley team that that last season were were incredibly strong. Obviously, they've lost quite a few personnel, and they're certainly not the same side this year by the looks of it. But but they've still got to be on it because if they're not, they will drop points. Whether it be uh, they only get a point or whether they get zero points, and they can't afford to drop any points, in my opinion. In this one, I think this this whole week, forthcoming week, when you've got Barnsley and you've got Cardiff, um, all they're going to Cardiff away is difficult. That's a, another good opportunity for me at this moment in time, considering the form they're in and the situation they're in, to get three points. I think Forest have to look at these next two games, considering how they've started 2022 and their aspirations for the rest of the season. And they have to look at it as an opportunity to get maximum points. And if they're not on it and they've still got Derby in their head and still think they can be celebrating after getting three points against Derby, then they've got to think about that completely. Obviously, we're all still enjoying it as fans. We're allowed. But but the players and then and the staff have got to be firmly on on that game and um, yeah it's, it's a good opportunity to carry on the the good momentum and carry on a hundred percent record in twenty twenty two. Yeah, look, Steve Cooper talked about it, didn't he, after the game on 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 um, Saturday? He talked about the fans wanting the fans to go and have a beer and enjoy it. But his his thoughts were very much on Tuesday night and if, look the way that Steve Cooper approaches things, he's, he's been a breath of fresh air since he's been here. And I can't imagine he'll, he'll have them any other way for tomorrow. So, Forrest coming out and, and, and they'll fancy this one. You said Reading there, Reading are fighting for their lives. They, they won't be an easy. They're not just going to turn up at the city ground. Yes, they've got their problems, but they're not just going to turn up at the city ground and, and roll over and let Forrest win. They're eight points adrift of Reading with two games in hand, one of them obviously being tomorrow night. So, points and wins are, are, are vital for Barnsley at this stage of the season if they're to have any chance of staying up and closing that gap. Um, they, you know, had a tricky results at the weekend they're not on great form so it is a great opportunity as you say how does Steve Cooper uh, uh, play this one Tom does he go with the same again same starting 11 or does he mix it up given the fact that it's a free game week well I think he will probably mix it up slightly I don't think he'll make too many massive changes purely and simply because I don't think the squad at the moment with, with some of the injuries affords you with loads of changes I think he might look at it in terms of it being a home game and maybe plays in Canargle instead of either Graben or, or Keenan Davies. If if he thinks that Graben may, might need a rest, um, he might he might do that even even with the great form that he's been in. Um, I think it's all about managing Graben for for the remainder of the season, um, and maybe it will do Keenan Davies good to to be a main man um, in terms of through the middle um, in this one. Uh, and then whether he reverts to whether he sticks with how he started against um, Derby um, and has that back three, or whether he goes back to a back four, I think he probably will stick with the back three. Um, and I think he can hurt. I think Forrest can hurt Barnsley more. I think they only reverted to the four because tactically the game needed that against against Derby. But I think if you're Forrest and you're thinking about how you usually play best. I think Forrest usually do play best with that back three. I think it was just a different different occasion, a different kind kind of game against Derby. So I would stick with a three. And then whether that includes, whether that means Yates remaining at centre-back, it probably does for me because I think it still affords you the option and, and the freedom to, to do what you want within the game. So for me, there wouldn't be too many changes, maybe Zink for either Graben or, or Davies, but that would be maybe it. Yeah, I think Zink and Argo will start. I think... Uh... Steve Cooper made noises today where he talked about how professional Zinconago has been and obviously probably disappointed not to start the last two games. But when he's come on, 
he's had an impact, right? He's played a big impact and, and he's been brilliant and he's grown into one of my favourites, I must admit, this season. And I think he, he talks about he needs to be patient and I think he will, but I think he will start. So I think the, the noises are that I think I'd be very surprised if Zinconago doesn't start for one of the forwards. And yeah, potentially, look, you, you do have, I'm sure Gravin understands that. You, you, you do have to manage it and you do have to manage him a little bit. Um, and, and, and with a game on Sunday as well at Cardiff, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it was Zinconago for Gravin um, tomorrow night against Barnsley. Um, give me a prediction then for this one. Uh, I know we said keep your feet on the ground and all that. I'm going to go 3 0 Forest. I was close to saying four. But after I said the words, keep your feet on the ground, I then went to three. So, yeah. yeah. You make yourself look like a right knob, to be fair. You said that. You said, you said 4 0, and yeah, didn't work. But that was really, I agree with you. I, I fancy Forest to, I fancy Forest to this one. Um, I, I, I was going to say 3 0 as well. So we're in uh, we're in agreement, Tom. Um, trip to South Wales then on Sunday. After that, another team having a really tough time. Um, Fifth bottom, just four points above the drop and the teams below them have got a game in hand. Steve Morrison's obviously taken over uh, after Mick McCarthy departed earlier on in the season. And it was pretty much in the reverse fixture. Forest having a really bad time of it and, and, and Cardiff, you know, they, they got off to a steady start. Obviously, Forrest undone in one of Chris Sheaton's last games by uh, a super sub, didn't we, in a 2-1 defeat at the City ground. Um, they they look they're on a dreadful run. They lost three two in a in a cracker at Bristol on Saturday. Um, Bristol again another team who, who who aren't pulling up any trees this year. They tend to start with three five two, don't they? So they do do tend to pack the midfield in, in Cardiff again. You, you kind of know what you're going to get with Cardiff. They're big, strong, physical team um, who are you know who this will be a battle on it. It'll be tough. It'll be a battle. It'll be interesting to see how we set up in that midfield area. Um, Again, though, Forest won't be, won't be fearful. You've already touched on it when you were talking about the Barnsley game. Cardiff isn't an easy place to go. You've got the added, obviously, incentive for Cardiff that, that fans in Cardiff and Swansea um, have been obviously not been able to attend matches in, in recent weeks because of the, the COVID rules in Wales. Fans will be back in for this one. Um, so that'll be, an extra, um, that'll be an extra thing for the Cardiff players. But Forest, they won't be fearful of going down there, will they? No, not at all. I mean, you've got to be slightly careful in terms of the recent results for, for Cardiff because they lost what was a, a tight affair against Bristol City um, in the weekend, just gone. Uh, before that, it was Blackburn. Um, they beat Preston. They drew to West Brom. They've lost to Bournemouth. So they've had some difficult games in, in the more recent games. Like you said, I think, um, I think with the fans coming back, that's a very good point. I think... You've got to you've got to look at that. If she was on the other foot, you'd think that's a, a real big boost, um, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be well up for it. Um, I still think, though, regardless, you know where where Cardiff are in the table, um, all the way back down into into twentieth, um, and and their and their recent form, it's it's another opportunity. I think this one will be tight. I think any any away game away at, at Cardiff is is going to be difficult, and like you say, they. They're certainly the kind of team that maybe, I'm not saying a Steve Cooper Forest team would, but you think maybe Forest might struggle against this kind of rough and tumble team than maybe some of the other teams uh, within the division. So it'll be an interesting one. I do think it'll be a tight affair. Yeah, there'll be no uh, there'll be no love for, for Steve Cooper in that part of the world. Obviously, with his, his obvious Swansea connections. Um, give me a uh, 
Give me a score prediction for this one then. I'm going to go tight, but I'm going to go 2-1 uh, Forest. Oh, I'm going to be not negative, actually. I don't think this is negative, but I think a point, a point in South Wales for Forest on Sunday. Um, I think we get three points against Barnes in the point at Cardiff. I think that that is a good start to the negative. Year we go you call the, me uh, negative. You're negative. Negative, on, negative, negative. I hope you're right. I mean, I hope you're right. I just think it'd be, it wouldn't be a worse point. But no, to your point, you are you are right in a way, Tom. You know, Forest have still got, you know, we're, still, we're still in the chasing pack, aren't we, in terms of the top six? So it will be an opportunity. It is a good opportunity. Like we, we've said, Barnes, you know. Derby at home, followed up by Barnsley and Cardiff. You know, that's a good run of, of fixtures that Forest will be attacking. So yeah, you've got to look at. I'm sure Steve Cooper wouldn't uh, be saying that at all. No, I don't think so at all. I think you look at Barnsley and Cardiff, and you've got to look at that as an opportunity because after that, ignore Leicester. You've then got Blackburn, Stoke, Bournemouth as, as you're following through. So I just think you have to look at this. And then you just also then you head into March. Yeah, you have Preston and Bristol City after that. You have then have Sheffield United, Reading, QPR, Fulham. So I just think, you know, these two coming up, it, it just it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity. But if Forrest, let's not get ahead of ourselves in terms of the games coming up, but if Forrest are going to force the way into the top six and want to be, you know, promotion contenders this year, which I, I think they are now. Um, They've got to win those games. So we talk about the hard games, the hard graph coming up in Feb, March, April, some tough fixes in there. That's where Forrest will end. But Forrest will be going into hopefully in a, in a decent shape. Look, let's end it there. We're not going to, we haven't talked, we've we managed to get through the whole night without talking about transfers, bar a little bit of Lee Buchanan speculation. Um, obviously, next week, Pod will we'll be recording next week's Pod on the Monday. That will be transfer deadline day. So, very much a big focus on um, obviously on the results wise of the Barnsley games and the Cardiff games, but obviously we'll spend a lot of time talking about what what, what promises I think still Tom to be quite a busy end of, to the transfer window for Forest. Oh, definitely, definitely a busy end. I think um, yeah, we won't go into specifics, but I think certainly Forest are after a couple of, of attacking wide players, aren't they? And I think all the rumours are. I know there's been the same rumours for most of the month now in terms of the names, but I think regardless of who it is, Forrest will be looking to do some business uh, within these this last week. Right, let's wrap it up. As always, if you want to get in contact with us, you could email us at timeadadonpod at outlook.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at timeadadonpod or give our blog slash site to read com forward slash home. And we will see you next Monday. You're it.